Every night on my walk home from work, I listen to true crime podcasts. Even though my favorite podcast already released our episode for this week, the app said there was a new one. Excited, I hit the play button. It was a small town, the kind that still has mom and pop shops lining the street, the kind where everyone knows your name, but little did the residents know that they would soon be rocked by a horrible crime. I stopped at the traffic light. The red glowed in the darkness, glinting off the wet street. A black SUV sloshed by. Across from me, eerie blue refrigerator lights glowed from inside a corner deli. The chairs all light up their tables, feet in the air. The signal turned to walk. That chilly September evening was no different for the young student. She left her shift at the local store and walked back home, except she never made it home. Young student. Local store. Damn. This was sitting close to home. I was a part-time student at Franklin Community College and worked at a local convenience store. And of course, I was walking home. I glanced behind me, looking at the alleyway behind Alessandro's Pizza, which was dark except for the neon lights spilling from the sign. Her boyfriend reported her missing the next day. The town conducted a volunteer-led search, and after two days, they found something. Dread formed in my stomach, anticipating a body. But what he said next was so much worse. Washed up on the shore of Warlington Lake, they found a pair of size 9 red Converse sneakers. I stopped, and I looked down at my red Converse sneakers, damp from the rain. What the hell? My heart began to pound. The shoes were sent to a forensic analyst, who would compare its wear pattern to another pair of her shoes to try and determine if they belonged to the victim. The rumbling sound made me jump. I turned to see a dark SUV turning left at the intersection. Didn't I see that car a few minutes ago? Maybe it's following me and the car passed me and disappeared into the darkness. Come on, Sarah, get a grip. Converse are popular sneakers. A little out of fashion, but still, nine is a common woman's shoe size. And a college student doesn't have some sort of a job. What? You think you're listening to some sort of prophecy of your own death? Yeah, right. After a few weeks, the results came back. The analyst was certain the shoes belonged to none other than Sarah Campbell. The blood drained from my face. Sarah Campbell. My name. What the fuck? How? I didn't have time to think. I forced myself to move. I broke into a run. The small shops turned into a colorful blur. Search in the lake came up empty, without a body. A crime is hard to solve, but police didn't give up. And finally, a witness came forward. Someone had seen a car parked at the lake that night, around 2 a.m., a black SUV with darkened windows. No, no, no. What the hell is going on? I whipped around. The street was empty. No people, no cars, no witnesses, said the little voice in the back of my mind. The one that's watched too many true crime shows. My eyes scanned the shops, all closed. There were six black SUVs matching the witness description in the Franklin area, but one of them in particular caught Detective Nolan's eye. It belonged to John Kelly, a registered sex offender. The sound was so soft I didn't hear it over the voice of the podcast. I whipped around, and there it was. Two blaring white headlights behind me, coming from a black SUV. I forced my legs to pump faster. The car didn't speed up. It crawled along, slowly, taking its time, like the driver knew he could catch me, no matter what. I glanced back, trying to make out behind the darkened windshield, but the headlights were too bright to see anything. Kelly wasn't just a registered sex offender. He'd been convicted of assaulting a woman he worked with, who had multiple piercings and short, dark hair, just like Sarah. The car crawled down the road, stalking me like a lion stalked its prey. I veered left onto our dark, residential street. Just a few more steps. 
Headlights flashed across me, illuminating my running shadow on the pavement. I didn't look back. I just ran, as fast as I possibly could. The little brown house with the yellow shutters came into view. I sprinted across the grass, grabbing my keys from my pocket. Click. I threw the door open and slammed it shut behind me. Then I turned the deadbolt, collapsed against the door, and began crying. I heard the rush of the car passing our house, continuing down the road, but I wasn't safe. Gabe wasn't home yet. I was alone, in a dark house, with someone driving around the street who knew exactly where I lived. Still sobbing, I checked all the locks. Then I called Gabe, who assured me he was five minutes away. I made my way down the dark hallway and headed into the bathroom. Then I set my phone on the counter, grabbed a clump of tissues, and began to blow my nose. Click. I jumped, whipped around, but it wasn't coming from outside the door. My phone's screen lit up. The podcast was still playing. I must have hit it when I put the phone down. It skipped several minutes forward, according to the play indicator. What do you think happened to Sarah? The baritone voice asked. I reached for it to turn it off. Well, she told me she wanted to run away before. I stopped dead. It was Gabe's voice. Clear as day, coming from the speakers. She did? Why? The voice asked. She wasn't happy with her grades, her job, her parents. She told me sometimes she'd dream of just moving. Moving to some random state, and leaving it all behind. I froze, staring at the mirror. I never said that. Never. Gabe was lying? I mean, that was hurtful to me as her boyfriend, you know? I thought we were going to get married someday, but apparently she didn't feel the same way. My heart pounded in my ears. So you think she just skipped town and is happily living her life somewhere else, rather than being abducted or murdered? That's exactly what I think. That's all for now. Thank you to our listeners. The outro played. I stared at my reflection everything coming down all at once, my mind trying to race and catch up with what it meant. The front door creaked open. Footsteps sounded outside. Sarah, I'm back. I backed away from the door. Sarah. My eyes fell on the window. I ran to it, turned the lock. I popped the screen open. Then I swung a leg over, pulling myself through the window, and ran as fast as I could. <laughs>